the phone rang. And it was Rhonda just screaming, Courtney, can have been in an accident. And she, she's in Broward Hospital. In My Head with Jay Blessed is a transparent look into the life and mind of a Caribbean woman having human experiences. Get into my mind as I share my most vulnerable thoughts and honest experiences. I'll take you on a roller coaster of emotions as you get to know someone who might share similar experiences with you. Some might make you speechless, you'll definitely laugh. Others might make you angry and some might even make you cry. But my very real, very raw, very relatable weekly podcast will always keep you coming back for more. Join me as I talk to myself, talk to you, and even talk to some special friends in my head. (laughs) In my head is an introspective look from a voyeuristic point of view. For a list of all my social channels and how you can connect with me, please view this episode's summary. To join in on the conversation, use the hashtag headwithjb. That's H-E-A-D. W-I-T-H-J-B. And follow me on Instagram at RealJBlessed and Twitter at JBlessed. Let's get in on the conversation together. Don't forget to log on to my official website, JBlessed.com. A human experience from a Caribbean perspective. Episode 27. My daughter is dead and she deserves justice. In my head. Hey fam, it's that time of the year. Ooh, it's that time of the year where the holidays are approaching and people are planning for Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and all the beautiful trimmings that go with those family celebrations. But for many people... This year will be the first year, the first holiday, the first Thanksgiving, the first Christmas they will spend without a loved one. For others, it will be just another painful season. And for that, I'm sending my love out to each and every one of you who is coping with a pain that no one understands, no one even knows. Um, I know I sound a bit somber right now, just to give you a bit of a a visual. Today, it's gloomy and rainy in New York City, but there is a blessing in the rain, and it's healing, it is cleansing, Um, and it's fall, right? We're we're heading into winter, so don't mind my somber sound, but I do want to put a disclaimer that this particular episode is another heavy one, um, a very emotional one a very painstakingly tough episode to record. Um, And so I'm giving you that chance to meditate a bit, usa a bit, take a deep breath before we get into the crooks of this. But in studio today, I have one of the strongest men I know. (laughs) Ah, man, father of four, 
one of New York City's hardest working servants. <laughs> uh, community activist, proud Caribbean man, and my former straight talk Lord Chase co-host. Listen in my head, Jay Birds. Put your hands together for the one, the only, Courtney K. Williams. <laughs> Mr. Nothing Personal. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, my friend. Welcome to In My Head. Good day. How you feeling? I'm good. I'm great. No. How you really feeling? I'm feeling great. I have to. Because it's not just about me. Hmm. You know, it's a big picture. So before I, um, I continue with this episode, um, you, myself, and G said a prayer <laughs> before we jumped in the booth, and I thought it was imperative to do so because of um, the content that we'll be discussing and because of you in particular just to make sure that we acknowledge that God is in the midst because as you tell your story and you find healing in just vocalizing it, someone else is getting strength off of the strength that you are embodying, just telling your story. And this is the first time publicly on a podcast, on, on any kind of like media outlet. I mean, the official first time really was with me too. We did a live on on Facebook. Oh God, that live was dusty. <laughs> As before everything. But you know, I, I I thank you. I'm humbled that you would choose to share your story um, on in my head. I'm 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 honored that you feel comfortable and that you trust me enough to be able to um, talk about one of the most painful, if not the most painful, experiences of your life that you're presently enduring. So again, I ask you, Courtney K. Williams, how are you really feeling? I have to say great again. That's all I can say. You know, because um, the individual, you know, always holding down what I'm supposed to hold down as far as family is concerned, you know, and like as say, you know, I could plan a party, I could plan an event, but I don't have any, I don't have a blueprint for this at all, you know, and not knowing where to turn and what to do is one of those, one of the Achilles heels I have to deal with right now that I've been dealing with, you know, my mother, three other daughters, you know, I have grandchildren that remember her our daughter, you know, that passed. And me being just moving and doing stuff and doing stuff and, you know, they will call for answers or questions or what it is. And, but I even have to tell one of my girls the other day that I need a break, you know, I'm going through it also, you know, and I can't do this. And it was the hardest thing for me to say. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know where it came from. I just said it. I'm going to hang up the phone. I felt like real garbage, you know? So to give, to give the listeners context, <clears throat> before we really delve into this, I'm going to read two particular articles. Is that okay with you? Go ahead. Okay. 
Kendall Williams, a Coral Glades High School athlete, died on March 27, 2019, after sustaining multiple injuries in a highway collision as she and her friends headed to the beach over spring break. Williams, 17, was a passenger in a Dodge Journey traveling east on Interstate 595 on March 22nd when a Toyota Corolla veered into its path, according to the Florida Highway Patrol. After the two cars collided, the Dodge began rotating clockwise, overturned several times, and launched over a concrete barrier wall, according to the Florida Highway Patrol. The car rolled down an embankment, crashed through a six-foot chain-link fence, and finally stopped on its left side on a grassy shoulder. This is according to the Sun Sentinel. In an article written by Jen Russon of CoralSpringTalk.com, she wrote, It was supposed to be a fun and uneventful spring break, but on the first day of her week-long vacation, a well-loved Coral Springs athlete met with tragedy on her way to the Fort Lauderdale Beach. Riding with friends, Kendall Williams, 17, was traveling eastbound on I-595 when the driver said she was cut off, causing a multi-car accident. Although the driver insisted that all the passengers had their seatbelts on when they began the trip, Kendall, along with another passenger, was ejected from the car. Transported to Broward Health, she was placed in a medically induced coma after sustaining a fractured skull, swelling of the brain, and other injuries. Sadly, Kendall passed away five days later. Kendall was one of two people ejected from the car after it was struck by the driver who caused the accident. The driver of the Corolla, Yanlin Del Valtavar, 37, of Oakland Park, suffered minor injuries, as did the driver of a third car involved in the crash, Donna C. R. Suarez, 45, of Royal Palm Beach. Yanlin is alive today, Courtney, but Kendall is not. I haven't read any of those articles. All I read really was the official accident report from the police. And um, I asked my mother not to read it. Because was a, when I read the accident report, I read it and look at the different uh, diagrams that they, that they drew on it. It was a violent way for her to go. It was a it was violent very, way for her to go. It was a real violent way. So you know. based on, let's talk about that. Based on, let's let's go back. March 22nd? Yeah. All right. That's a Friday night? It was a Friday? It was a Friday? Yeah, I believe it was a Friday. Yeah. It was a Friday. Mm-hmm. It was Friday. Um, what were you doing that Friday? Were you at work? Work. <laughs> you were at work. And... Um, got the call coming coming home. What time of the day was this? You're in New York. 2.30 something in the afternoon, I got the call from Rhonda. So you're in New York, and much love. Rhonda Williams is the love of Courtney's life still. I could say that. I could say that. Strongest girl I know. She's also the mother of two of his children and grandmother to three. Yeah, twins and a boy. Um, So you're leaving work, New York City, 2.30, March 22nd, you know, it's, but you know, like it's it's like kind of cool here because winter this year wasn't that bad. And this is March 22nd, 2019. This is this year. Yeah. So you headed home. When did you get that call? Wow. 
I got a call. I was on the, I was on a bus heading home. And it usually take me like no time, you know. The phone rang. And it was Rhonda just screaming, Courtney, Kendall been in an accident. And she got ejected. She's in Broward Hospital. You know, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. And she's leaving work now. It's like everything just froze. A ride that's supposed to, that usually take me like about, well, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. It's like everything just froze. The next thing I did was um, call the airline, put in a one-way ticket, call my job, tell I won't be coming in. That part I wouldn't have discussed. <laughs> All right, um, and I'm sitting there, like kind of zone out with everything going through my head, and I will never ever forget. Something came to me, and I posted it right there and then. If you have faith, what's your concerns? And that's when my vigil started on that bus. You know. So you're making your way home, mm -hmm. um, and you're on this bus ride home. And you're right now you're in autopilot, right? Because you're in a state of shock, so you're trying to make sure, okay, let me make sure I cover work so they know I ain't coming in because, and I, let me get the next flight out of here. Yeah, you know, next flight out of JFK. And everything was just like on a, like on a parachute, just pull back and pull back. And it's just, and I, like I tell people, you know what I mean? God know what he's doing because it was a, a roller coaster of emotions. Angry, sad, this, that. I mean, it was just going through. And I guess it was just <clears throat> that time that was given to me to just to control myself. Because now it is get home, rush to the airport, and my flight delayed twice. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, in What are you respect, feeling in that moment? I don't know. Like I tell you, the whole roller coaster thing is going on. Okay. You know, all right. Did you spaz out on, on the agents? Like, I need to get on the next flight out? Like, what were you doing? Were you calm? It's like I was tranquilized. Mm. You know? Um, I remember booking the car. I got the information. I don't know how I got the information, rest of it. You know, and flew in and just went straight across to the hospital and get up in a room you know, see Rhonda over there, just blush face and tubes and machines and machines and machines, you know. And walk in there and just, just look at her. You know, it's like somebody had hit me one great punch in my stomach or in my chest or whatever. Like, like it was, to me, that was like a, a Did vacuum. the wind out of you? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, all these different things. I this is the first time I'm really speaking on this to anyone. People get pieces, bits and pieces. Other people had their own stories that they went with, <laughs> and I have not even spoken. You know. Well, today we're hearing the story that matters. One of the stories that matters, and that will be the perspective of you. Hmm. you no, know, Rhonda's story. That's 
people and everyone else that's deeply and intimately connected. Every every family member has a, a story. Oh yeah. But today we're highlighting yours. And often when, when, when a child is lost, most of the love and concern goes towards the mother. And people forget that, you know, the dad is in pain too. <laughs> and I try my best on in my head to highlight mental health and men, especially our Caribbean men, because they often have to be superheroes. But they're caving in too. They're in pain too. They're suffering too. So you get into broad health. You see your daughter for the first time since hearing this news. And I'm sure Rhonda is right by her side. Yeah. And you feel like the wind is knocked out. Tell me, tell mm. me, what else are you feeling in that moment? I don't know. It's like, like I was just looking through a pair of binoculars. You know, and getting some of the reports and the prognosis from the specialists and the doctors and the nurses on the floor. You know. I think I made a couple phone calls to some people. You know, family, immediate. And everybody head was high, you know, it's gonna be all right. And then it just wasn't to be. That's all I could put it out, it just was not to be, you know? And then I keep reflecting, you know, if you have faith, what's your concerns, his decision, you know what I'm saying? You have to live with it, that's your contract, you sign. You know, you don't add anything else more to it. You know, and dealing with my daughters and them, you know, that was another rough one because, you know, this is the part that they, they should come to me with the hard things, you know. How, how can you help us, Dad? We need help. You know. And you need help too now. Like, I, I don't even know how. No, no. Like I said before, you know, um, you helped me a lot, Jay Bless. <laughs> I remember receiving a call from you on the Saturday, the 23rd, and you called me and you said, Jay, um, Kendall's in the hospital. Yeah. I just want to let you know in advance. Um, <laughs> and I was, I was dumbfounded. Like, what do you mean? Like, she's in a coma right now. Yeah, in a coma. It was, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, put words to it, words to everything, you know? And, like, I will say, like, I just know I'll be all over the place just trying to explain this, this, this thing, you know? I mean, but I have friends they went to school with, when they finally got on, they was like, whoa, thanks for calling. I left a message. I didn't, I didn't think you would have called back. But to me, like, I needed some kind of a, some kind of a distraction or just not being rude. People leave messages and not return a call, you know, trying to hold it down, but it is because everything was going on the right way it's supposed to be, you know, and some were saying that they were scared to even call, call me, you. you know. Don't have the words to say, you know. Right? And then I had a, <laughs> I have a very interesting individual. I cannot remember her name. I know she's a mother, you know. And was down to me, Courtney. You had to stop being so strong. You had to cry after ball. And I was like, I am not feeling what you're telling me. Mm. You know? 
Mm. I've seen people, I've seen all the different things, you know. I'm not experiencing that part where I'm supposed to be on the rolling on the floor and screaming and bawling and carrying on, you know. And the woman turned and told me, <laughs> you have Courtney, but you have three more daughters. And I was like, you think I collecting fucking marbles? And I hung the phone up, and I cannot even remember who that person is. And I think it's a good thing. Hmm. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so in her, in, her, in her attempt to console you, she's in her like, attempt you, to just, to just like you have more daughters, nothing. so just like, you yeah, know, you focus on them. One. Right? Was, it's, just, it's just one you lost. You have three more. <laughs> this team happening right now, just repeating that shit, hmm. to tell you the truth. You know what I mean? I was like, whoa. Walk me yeah. through your different emotions. Um, so you got to the to the hospital and you're in a state of shock. Everything just seemed you're numb, right? Just mm-hmm. seeing your, your your baby like that, and that's baby girl. That's yeah. last. Oh god. <laughs> and so you're numb. You say it seems like you're watching things through a binoculars. Like it just yeah. it, it does it doesn't even like you're yeah, like walking yeah. on like air right now, yep. right? Take me through the different processes or or, or emotional states that you experience within the next five days. Five days. Trying to eat. Trying to take calls. <laughs> wow. You know, um, do that same day, that whole week, a matter of fact, I was in the process of doing a, a event with Calypso Rose. Mm. And it's so funny that when I was uh, talking about different things, I have a daughter that Courtney, she's an overthinker for me. She drains the both of us. Because she just goes and she goes like, well, and she's been that way in the process, everything over and over, 50 times, everything is, you know. And it was so strange that uh, for, for security reasons, our, the ward she was in was a trauma ward, but her code was Rose. Hmm. So my daughter linked the clips of Rose, hmm. you know. And um, a matter of fact, the event went off with Clips of Rose the same day that she was buried. Hmm. You know, and that's like weeks before Coachella, and I couldn't myself get involved, you know what I mean, <laughs> and do anything. I had a friend of mine, very close friend of mine, took care of everything. She followed all the instructions, what to do. And I was like, I have people that, doing business that was scared to even call me, didn't know what to do. And I was like, Courtney, maybe I need this distraction because everything was going to be, you know, if you have faith, what's your concern? You so, know what I'm saying? So you're considering going back to work as normal because you need a distraction? Well, everything I was doing on the phones. Got I was it. not, you know, everybody was, you know, this, they don't know if it was going to happen, you know, this and that, whatever, and let this person take care of it. And as me now, I was like, okay, Rhonda, we're here for three days now, time for you to go home and take a shower, whatever, no, I'm staying. I try to get it into no, I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. You know, the mother, her grandmother came in. I watch grown men. Actually, I had to hold them up. That saw her. You lost your child, and you're comforting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other people. Yeah. <laughs> her coaches and stuff that came in. I met so many. I have to call them. I call, like I told them, I said, you guys are fathers when I'm not around, yeah. you know? 
from the taekwondo classes, volleyball, flag football, swimming, track and field. You know, they were the coaches that would do these things. And you say that, and, you know, Kendi was a very healthy, oh, yeah. happy, oh, yeah. well-loved yep. team, <laughs> right? She yeah. was a star student, a star athlete. Yeah. To which her, you know, later on her her team would retire her, her number. Both of her numbers, yeah. yeah. They did that. And they did it, it in was, an honorable way. You know, I mean, these children that I met, you know, there's like, I was like, wow, I have so many daughters, yeah. <laughs> so many daughters and more sons, you know, and it's the same thing because... I used to call Rhonda the hippie because she loves everybody. You know I mean? <laughs> she does, though. So, yeah, you know, hey, Rhonda. You know, and it's like, you know, everybody. My Libra sister. Everybody, okay? every, I know. Everybody, everybody to me is a suspect. So, you know, <laughs> you know nobody around, nobody, you know what I'm saying? Everybody on the street, nobody in, in the house. Yeah, you, know, you looking at everybody cross eye. Meanwhile, Rhonda's loving, hi, yeah, yeah, God yeah. loves you. She I love you everybody. too. <laughs> and, you know, and one of the things she was, oh, Courtney, I like this person. Courtney, I said, don't force me to <laughs> like anybody. You know what I mean? Oh, you will love this person. I said, yes, you like everybody. Yeah, go ahead, you know. <laughs> so, so, I think Jay used to say that a lot. I don't know. No, yeah, let me judge for myself. Yeah, but... but um, when they started having vigils and stuff like that, you know, and we walked into, they calling, they calling, everybody had her number. We walked to a park and it was like warming up to like a, a big backyard party like in Brooklyn with just children and candles. I saw that. And she spoke. Right. Yeah. I just hang all the way back. And Rhonda spoke. Like she angel. spoke a lot. I didn't, you know, it was, like I tell people, you know, she's good at that stuff. I am not. I have to say two, three words and I'm done. I can't get into it. But she was going in from, from deep inside, you know. I mean, I have, I've seen a woman, I've known her since she was like, what, 14 years old. Wow. And wow. I have never seen or witnessed that strength in anyone. I don't know if it, I, I put the word strength because I I don't know anything different to say, you understand? Right. But held down and you know from the hospital is like it's like we on a bicycle riding together, you know, Courtney. You know, what I'm saying? we just I mean, I'm, me being there, you know, as often as I can for her birthday and all that, the trend, Christmas, all that stuff. But this one here, it was like a real teamwork where. Everybody else was locked up when we were making our decisions. As a unit. You understand? Yeah. She she had to do that because I have no problem doing that. Right. You know, she have her people. I have me. Right. You know? We're going to come back to that, that state, this statement that you're saying. She has her people. I have me. And this ties into me wanting to know more about your mental health. And, you know, she has support. Yeah. Right? And you're here in New York. And you got you. And though you have friends and people around, you really just got you. You, you roll alone. You, you anytime people oh, see you in a in a party or anywhere, you just solo. Yeah. yeah. But before we get to the vigil, um, let's walk through um, what she was dealing with medically. So she had a fractured skull. Oh, man. Um. When I was in the airport, I'm out of fact leaving here, and they were call, and I keep hearing, 
the removal of her spleen. You know, and it was like the hip. They would, I mean, like I tell you, it's like I'm trying to figure out, you know, I'm hearing all these things. It's like a spleen for what? Google. Okay, you can live without it, you know? And then coming in into Florida and walking up there, and Rhonda's trying to explain, and I was like, I really want to talk to doctors. I don't want anybody to explain anything over five and six times, you know? Or give me a nurse, a nurse, they will give you everything that's going on, you know? And then I started looking at x-rays. So what did the doctor or doctors tell you that she was well, presently suffering with while she's now in, in a coma? Yeah, because they had to induce the coma in order for them to do certain procedures that they need to do on her. All right, she was, um, they were looking for vital signs. They're looking for a whole lot of stuff that's going on, but... She had broken ribs? Uh, did she have a broken... I don't remember. I can't remember. I was just... Punched along. Yes, I know the long part was, you know, they had a breathing, they had a, that was keeping her alive on pumps. She had a fractured skull and now they had yeah. to put in coma to reduce the swelling in her brain? Meh, I was hoping for that to go down. Yeah. And in addition to other, other issues from her being ejected from the back seat of the car onto yeah. the highway. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like everybody had stories. I mean, you walk in there and like everybody went home. Everybody in the vehicle went home except our child. Yeah. You know, when you I, I, one second, I remember telling them. I say, um, this situation is going to make enemies. Stuff like this always do. For some reason, you see another side of people that comes out hmm. that I'm aware of, and I try to make them face it. Who are you referring to? Well, people that were so loving, um, even the driver of the vehicle, you know, everybody reached out, and she said what she said, and we said what we have to the say. The driver also. which vehicle? The vehicle that... My daughter was driving in. Oh, that... That, Ken- that Kendall was in. Yeah, you know. Okay, who was driving the vehicle? One of our friends was driving the vehicle, okay. you know, and, and I keep telling them, I said, when stuff gets like this... People go into a defense kind of mode and point fingers and all that stuff. I said, breathe people here. Right? It didn't happen as much, but it did happen. Now, that's for me being on the outside, you know, and not talking to all the parents and all that stuff like that. But, I mean, for the most part, I saw people that was in the family that was there. They had especially two couples that never, well, basically never left. You know, they would go to one, would go to work, the wife will stay, or they just have a child stay back and they leave and they come back. But like, you put it together, they were in that hospital all the way through with us. Wow, family of people in the car? Teens in the car? No, friends that, people that knew them knew Kendall since she was a baby growing okay. up taekwondo classes and what about the support of the people that were in the car well one one guy he never he never left at all the hospital he was one of the, one of the he guys he also got ejected correct he didn't get ejected he was one of the survivors okay you know but uh, as far as like 
knowing who all these people are, a whole football team, a whole I don't I don't know who they are. You know, the point of names everybody's name sounds the same to me at certain certain points in time. Her friends that were in the car, mm-hmm. have you met with them? Oh yeah, met all. All of them. All each and every one. And and what did you say to them? Because well, they have to live with the trauma of oh, the yeah. loss of their friends. Especially the driver. Because, I mean, there were threats went out on her life. And threats are something I don't take lightly. Not even a joke. And being under the, we know of Florida, we see what happened in schools. Matter of fact, my daughter's school that she went to wasn't too far from one of the students they had. Right. And when the... I wouldn't say to myself, ah, it ain't going to happen. Right. So we just, me and Rhonda, we made a plea out, you know, because it, it started on Facebook. Wow. People were saying stuff like that. And it Against got to the me driver, and I'm like, the teenage uh, driver. Yeah, and I asked them, I said, do something to shut this down. If we have to go on social media and shut it down, we have to do that now, which I was not doing. I was just posting pictures of my baby from way back right. when my vigil started. You know what I'm saying? You know, and but even in the midst of your pain, Courtney, mm-hmm. you had hearts enough for every survivor of that crash that was in the car that your daughter was in, especially the driver, mm-hmm. who is now living with an enormous amount of guilt because she's taking responsibility for what happened to her friend, even though mm-hmm. she did not cause the accident. Yeah. And you are saying, please... Let's not do this. The focus should be on who caused the accident. Well, you know, like we won't even stop thinking about that then, because she was pleading that she didn't do it. She was pleading about the car that cut him off, and it's like, no. But the initial report is that the driver of my daughter's vehicle rear-ended that Toyota. Uh, All right. So and that right. Wow. And then how did you guys see camera? All right. Well, what it was, uh, I think it was like four days later on, a trooper who'd been there who took our daughter to the hospital because the accident was that bad. It, it had like a, probably like about eight lanes, two intersect, two, um, two interstates was, t- was tied up wow. with that accident. All right. Um, the trooper couldn't, they couldn't get ambulances into where they were, so he drove her wow. to the hospital. So he was on top of all that what stuff. What was his name? Oh, my God, trooper... I forgot his name. It's, it's, it's in my phone. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry yeah, for putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, and um, he he um came back a couple of days after because this is a gentleman will call and see how we're doing. I mean, he came to the funeral. I know. I saw yeah, him. He Y'all gave him an funeral. award. Yeah, he um came back and says um hey the driver of your daughter's vehicle is not at fault. Wow. We have a dash cam from a tractor trailer wow. that recorded everything. Wow. It's the blue car that cut them off. Wow. All right? And I was like, okay. That's why I keep telling people, I don't want to hear anything until I get there. Wow. I didn't want to make any kind of whatever, whatever, you know. And it's the, the dash cam recording that recorded everything, and that's how they move, they switch up. The charges on and, the driver. and went to the driver now to find who she was to that so, did it. So, Dad, can you understand now from the perspective of that teenage girl who was driving the car? How again the guilt she felt, mm-hmm. you to feel guilty that she is now responsible in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form for you losing your daughter, and but she's saying I didn't do it. 
Is it, I'm, I, I, it was, I, I swear I didn't do it. Please believe me. But no one has proof yet. Nope. They could kill us. And then, and, and then you guys just have to, like, wait things out. And in the process of waiting, it's causing you a lot of pain because you want answers. Something. I, I just wanted my daughter back or yeah. some kind of something. I wasn't self-concerned about all that part, you know? On March 27th, what was the decision that had to be made? Did you have to do a DNR or did she just pass away on her own? No, um, a trooper, Ernesto Hernandez, okay. Florida State Trooper. Um, they were doing the resuscitation on her. They had to pay attention to the brain functions and they were more interested in getting oxygen for her to breathe on her own. I mean, the brain is taking oxygen. All right. Um, on the other hand, I was looking at the x-rays. Right. Of she her was brain. shattered? No. What I describe it as is like um, having a glass of water and just dropping a blot of ink into it. As you can see, the brain matter just, you know, the cells just deteriorating. Wow. You know, and we had to make a call because there's nothing they could have done for her anymore. And they said it, you know, but... So you guys had to make the decision oh, man, huh? of now you and Rhonda. Mm -hmm. How difficult was that for you to pull the plug? Well, they were doing the resuscitation, you know, and <laughs> laws, I guess, and they came and they said they're going to do it one more time. And they will try and try until we say stop. And while they were, I mean, slamming, and we went into the room, you know, slamming on her chest for her to gain, for the heart to start pumping on its own and the brain to start doing. It's like we just have, I, I, I think we look at each other simultaneously. I want to tell me, that's enough, Courtney, stop. And I told him, stop. Told him again loud, stop. Because now it is that I don't hit my children. And I'm watching a man pounding away on my baby's chest. Yet. You know? And I couldn't, I couldn't stand the side of that. All right. Um, the other part was telling the three other girls. You know, when they, they were in, who had to check in hotels, who was getting something to eat, you know, and my third girl, that's the one that picks up on a lot of stuff. And like I tell people, you know, I have um, four alpha females. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sarah is a lady, but don't get it twisted. You know what I mean? <laughs> she will break a nail in your face. Break up yourself, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Shakura. You know, will Chikara will beat you down in a second. 
know what I'm saying? She's not the, she don't do the nonsense. She don't take the thing. From, She's not a wallflower. Right. All right. Courtney now, you'll know she don't like you. She tried to, but you know she wouldn't like you. All on her face. All right. Um, and, and what was Candy's disposition? Was she like her mom, Kendi chef? She loved everyone, too? Joke, the this, you know, she's a peacemaker. I mean, this is a child that she will do something and I will kind of like scold her, whatever it is. And I was like, oh, Lord, I had to go back in this room and deal with this long mouth. <laughs> no, the mouth is not there. You know? She just take it and put it away so far, you know? And, and these are things that, that the reflectors like, yo, she was really something else. I mean, her music, her everything, you know, was always something that not the norm. She sing country music. Special. You understand? She's singing rap music. I don't know much. You know, 16, 15-year-old, 14-year-old get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go for volleyball practice. Right. You know? But um, back to the introduction... It's a lot of people there. They, we had a like a little area, like a waiting area. Basically, it was like camped out. We just took over the whole spot. People were just coming, you know. And uh, I got the girls. Soraya well, was coming through. They kind of basically reached together, you know. Soraya was sitting waiting. And before they showed up, I asked everyone in the room. I said, no matter what you do, please don't touch Shakora. Don't try attempt to rub her back. Don't try to console her. Just don't touch her at all. That's the one I know. Because she will, she will, she will swing. Saraya could probably get away with it, you know. Courtney, yes, well, Courtney will run in, she'll hug. You know, I'll take that from her. But Shakura, you let Shakura come to you. You don't, you don't volunteer that piece of affection at all. Because you will be hurt. And you've seen Shakur already. She's not no, you know. So, um. That's how much daddy knows his girl. Yep. So I took them into the room. I got a. It, 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 um. It was mentioned to me by Rhonda. When we came to the room. I ask her to please leave. Let me be with my girls for a minute. She did. But when you're here, it after a couple of days or a while after, you ask me to leave the room, that went, you know, that went deep. I just wanted that time for my girls. You know, and selfish, <sighs> I didn't have the time for that. Rude disrespect. I didn't have the time for that. My girls in the room and they were talking, talking to her and talking to Candy. What are they gonna do? Whatever, 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 whatever. And when I couldn't do it no more, I said, she's no longer with us. So wait, you and Rhonda did not tell the girls together? Nope. You told them alone? All my girls were in the room at the same time. I, Courtney didn't want to go in the room. You know, and I told her she had to come. They listen. Dad, 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 please, Dad, you know. I don't want to see her like this. I want to see her out. I want to see her when she comes out. You know, 
So when you told all three of your girls as they watched your fourth, mm-hmm. their baby sister lay in bed, unbeknownst to them that she's gone, what was, what, what was their reaction? It's not the first time they've seen her, you know what I mean? So it, was, it looked like it was just the regular with the machines and stuff going. Right. Courtney was like head up, eyes roll over. I mean, like almost a pass out. Shkora went into her anger phase about she wanted a head for an eye. Saraya was less like in a mess, and I'm standing there. Well, all three of them on top of me, in a, in a way, and it's like, um, what's next? When does Rhonda come into the room? Oh, no, she did not come in the room. So you had this moment with your girls as yeah, they learned they for the first the, time. Yeah, they drapes, pull everything, shut everything down, every doctor's out, everybody out, for them to just do their... You know, because they were going through, when you get out, we're going to do this. Remember, we were swimming. I mean, they were just going in. You know. Why did you Why did you think it was important for you to, to deliver that news to them one on one? I don't know. Because you know, people ask me how I feel. Back then, it's like I keep telling myself, I don't know. I did some things. I guess. Well, that particular maybe I don't know what it was. I just, you know, Do you the think common you- factor there. I guess. You With know, all because, the girls. Yeah, right. because, I mean, when we do shopping, we go out together when the babies, you know what I'm saying? We go to dinner, whatever it is, I'll, you know, it's just me and them, and, you know, mother's not included. You know, that's what we say, like, you know, like your toys, you buy right. in your store, right. battery's not included, mother's not included, so I've got, <laughs> you know. I so it, it proves hmm? a special bond you had, and yeah. you still have. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have with all of your girls. Um. So now you have taken, really, the burden of being the bad news share. So now they can find comfort in Rhonda because she didn't have to give that news. Um, you know, retrospect, I watched that girl stand up. Rhonda? What? I mean, I'm, I'm not knowing what to feel or whatever. You know, I'm watching people there, sad eyes, I'm watching everybody around, and I just don't know. I didn't, I didn't have any, any outbursts, any kind of thing, nothing at all. I, I just, and she went through it. I mean, a praying woman, a very strong praying woman, you know what I mean? I mean, she'll have to tell that part of her story if she chooses to. But, I mean, I watched that girl spoken tongues. And I was the acolyte going back in the days. And I always laugh at that. You know what I mean? I watched her spoken tongues. I was like, whoa. I mean, everything was just set up in a, in a way. Even though we had the waiting room, there was a little spot in the hallway we used to go and talk away from everyone 
or somebody show up that came like a little hot Safe spot. Space. And the thing about it is afterwards, you know, when you look up straight up that hallway, it was two doors and Kendall's bed. Mm. Not even being aware, because we have to walk down the hallway, you know, we walk, make a right, then make a left walk in, then make another, make another left, and there's her bed. But if we had walked straight from where we were keeping our little private talks, if we had walked straight ahead, you'd be right in her room. Hmm. You know. Um, so Kendall is no longer physically with us, but mm. when you, you both made that very painful decision to do not resuscitate, mm-hmm. you also decided that though she will no longer be wholly here mm. with us that you would have her live on physically yeah. so you donated yeah. we donated every, every except her eyes so what organs did you donate hmm? what organs like all of her organs you just all, all except all. her eyes That's why her eyes. not her eyes <laughs> you look at those pictures you look at Kendall pictures you know her eyes we kept her eyes except you know everything else was you loved looking into your daughter's eyes. What? <laughs> My eyes was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that was the part you were going to keep for yourself, that you will... I have her with me. Right. I have her own. And you have a vial that yeah, you this, hang from um, your neck. This hourglass is, a, is really a urn with right. her ashes. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. You know, so it stays with me, and <laughs> I... um. About me, about me, but uh, I want to tell you something personally, though. Thank you for being a pain in my ass. <laughs> to go get help. People usually don't tell me to do anything that I do. All right? Along with some other people that told me to, but when you could say, Courtney, give me your insurance information and actually source a doctor that take my insurance and get me a phone number and get me an address and make an appointment for a space that I didn't, you know, from being out and running around and doing all these kind of stuff and to being a place that I cannot even move on my own, you know? And like I said, you know, Jamie is a piece of work for a lot of people, but not to me. And I don't really pick friends that, that easily. So I could care less what anybody have to say. I could tell you what she have done for me. And she's not a obia woman or some shit like that. It's just keeping it real. <laughs> you understand? She's not a sea woman. You know what I mean? For somebody to actually go and do this mental health and mental help. I mean, there's a therapist that I see. As a matter of fact, I was seeing three. <laughs> And, 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 you know, Courtney has me tearing up in the studio, but Courtney is a a mature Caribbean man, and Caribbean men don't want to talk nothing about therapy, okay? None of that. And all of a sudden, and because you're sharing it now, I can because therapy is something very personal. You can discuss these things, you know, Mm -hmm. I have this particular person my name, but you're, you're, thank you for saying that, and you decided to start seeing a therapist and then Nipsey 
Three. It was, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I remember my first day. I said, Jamie, I'm on my way. She's like, good. I was like, wow. Like I'm going to school for the first time. I remember I had this conversation with you. Am I allowed to share it? Because I said, Go Courtney, I love you too much. It's straight talk, right? So say it. Don't look for the words, Jamie. Just say it. I don't look for words anymore. I love you too much to see you in pain. And I don't want you to act as strong or be strong. I need you to get better. And people around you just coddling you. And I get it, but you have some work you have to do because this trauma that you just endured is going to be with you for the rest of your life. And you have yourself. You need to talk to someone. Rhonda has a support system. And you're stubborn as fuck. <laughs> so I need you to go and talk to someone, please. For the sake of your other girls, I need you to really practice strength by getting help. You did. And I appreciate you for doing that. Can we take a break? Yeah, we should. In my head. I would tell you, you know, you look at uh, commercials on TV. I remember looking at them like, ah, yeah, whatever, whatever. I usually look at them and laugh at the side effects, you know. But I remember my urn that I have misplaced in it. I was traveling somewhere. And for some reason, when I got in airborne, looking at the clouds and the clouds look the same way like when I was driving back and forth to Miami back and forth you know and my eyes had to get full so I'm reaching for the urn and the urn is not there that pendant and when it's later on I, when I landed I asked a friend of mine to have keys to just go back I have a big urn in the house I said go and see if you see candle on the urn he's like alright well. I said no go now he finally got back to me and told me, said, like, yeah, your urn is there, candles in the house, whatever, you know. So I described that, the feeling, to the therapist. Right. And she's like, yeah, that's anxiety. Right. I was like, what? The anxiety and something else. And then how I get into that way, it's the depression. Now, these are things I used to see on TV. Right. And I'm like, whatever, I ain't taking no drugs for that. But it is real until it happens to me. It is real until it happens to me. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't, you know, the therapist was describing the symptoms you know and I was like wow okay that I even got to a point where I'm saying to myself in order to be functional again for my girls I don't know what part you know that I have to find a place to put this feeling in a space that is safe and not to take over the whole body. Life, right. Yeah, I mean, not to take over the whole body because, you know, I'm, I'd be useless to myself because right. I would not be aware. I mean, come on. You know, I always get over everything and had an answer or had some kind of way or work it out. I mean, homeless, sleeping in subway in, in New York City, 1988. You know what I'm saying? Car crash told me that I'll never walk again. You know, all these, all these different things that, you know, but this one here, 
it's not the same. You know, where I could see myself slapping myself, Courtney, I could lose everything and everything meaning my family. You know what I mean? I, I am so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for taking that step to get professional help. And, and the fact that you're also been, you've been advocating now, you've been talking about it. We need more men in our spaces, especially mm -hmm. your Caribbean men talking about, listen, I'm seeing a doctor, you might need to see one too. Yo, Jamie, not only that, you remember I told you about the prostate? Yeah. That was another one. Right, talk about All it. that stuff came down at the same time. You know, well, I'm not them regular guys out there, like Michael, so I'm not like the other guys. I go to my doctors. I go get my checkup, I go get my blood test, I go get everything done, right? And <laughs> went in there with a urinal problem. Right. And forgetting to tell my doctor and go get a check, it's like, oh, yeah, enlarged prostate. Take drugs, don't want to drugs. Take drugs, don't want to drugs. What could we do? Scraping, get rid of it. Sure enough, when they did the scraping, as I said, they got a... Um, a point something some percent of prostate cancer. Alright? That was the next one. Like I listened to Greg the other day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I weigh enough blocks, so I don't have to worry about a block to go in a box. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you think you're done, but caught it early. Right. Caught it early where it didn't reach far. And I'm saying to myself, what if I had to taken their drugs? Because mm -hmm. my PSA is great. Nothing is wrong with it. You understand? Wow. And there was, nothing is wrong. Yes, it's fine. And here it is that I have this thing. So this, I figured out to myself, maybe I'd rather take their drugs and have this demon, <laughs> you know what I mean, living and multiplying until it's late. And I thank you for now encouraging more men to be proactive with I have guys health. that I fight with on my job to go. Thank to go you. I, I, you know what? Because we women often are the ones who are championing and encouraging and begging and nagging on men to go to the doctor. This so I love when I have men who are telling their friends and encouraging their friends to do this. Jamie, I mean, I will watch. All right. I did in last year for my birthday. All right. In Tobago, I did a prostate cancer awareness I had stuff from the prostate from um, Cancer Society all in through Tobago and I had men was telling me thank you for coming across and giving it to us because we don't get anything for, for, for the men right. all right for years I watched it's nothing not a dung play or anything for years I watched women you have men wearing pink them boys ain't doing nothing for themselves right all they keep hearing yeah this one that I can't say no way that one looking bad these women are out, and we are out there supporting the women. And the women will support us too, but we're not doing it because we have to be macho, I guess. I talk don't know. about it, Courtney. Talk about you it. Understand? Talk about it. Thank yeah, you. Well, like, that's what I always thank do. You, thank you. you. Yes. It's like, and I, they need to listen. What is there to hide? All right? If you have five women here, they will know it. But they won't go and check your balls. Come on. Or your blood. Um, come on. I mean, if you have whatever it is, and, you know... I think some people don't really, they, they don't want to live. <laughs> I don't think they want to live. I don't know what is they scare about. Shame. You understand? Because they're afraid if they what find out something. What shame happened to anybody? One of my closest girlfriends that passed away from cancer, all right? I was in Florida for Rhonda birthday in October. I spoke to her between the 18th or 19th of October. 
That's what, three years, four years ago. All right? Yeah, three years ago. And here it is, I'm having my, my 51st birthday in Times Square. Leaving Times Square. What the jam, the whole works. Leaving Times Square to go to an after party. And I get a phone call from her, from her, from her nephew that she died. We're talking October, November, December. That was my birthday call on that day. Wow. Okay. You've been through a lot in life. Yeah, people. It's not. I mean, you know, like I tell you. You've been through a lot. If you're doing life, something maybe. about it, yes, we will talk. If you're not doing anything about it, I don't have time for that. And you've seen a lot of pain. That's what I tell you now. I. And this one was the one that knocked you to your knees. Yeah, you know, this this one here. I don't even know what it's doing to me. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. The woman who's caused this accident. <laughs> now let's back back. I I, <laughs> I I came to I flew down to Florida in, in April for Kendi's funeral, and there were like damn near close to three hundred people there for that funeral, like between two More and three hundred people. It was fifteen hundred last count. Wow. So, <laughs> and I, I I mean I I posted a video on my Facebook because and I said I've never seen a stronger parental unit than Rhonda and Courtney, and. Everyone there, there was no dry eye. And you guys, it wasn't a funeral service. It was a, a going home celebration in every sense yeah. of the meaning. Celebration of life. Yes. And, and you guys wore white. And it, you guys gave out awards even to, to the trooper. You, know, yeah. you acknowledged people. You even brought up the driver, the, her, her friend. You brought her up on the stage to acknowledge her and to tell the community to rally around her. Yeah. And, and, and it was so powerful for me. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And then that part of your journey, you put that to rest as, you know, you put Kendi to rest. But now you have the whole other part <laughs> of the legal aspect. Which is now causing a little bit more anxiety. It's causing oh, yeah. a lot more anger and frustration. So, yeah. what is the latest in the case against the driver who ultimately killed your daughter? Um. All right. They sent me the information, and like I tell you, like it never goes away because you always get something in the mail. I still get emails from the colleges I expect now to come play volleyball. You know. <laughs> and. And you guys were supposed to go on her first cruise. Yeah, for her birthday. For eighteenth birthday. Yeah, you know. That cruise is still sitting there. I mean, um, when I saw, I had to call the offices in Florida to find out if I'm reading what I'm reading of what this person is going to be charged with and the penalty for taking my daughter's life. All right? I don't know if it's neglect. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know if cell phone was involved. I don't know what it was because I cannot... I, I mean, the accident is like this. There's a merging lane. They were about to merge on. Merge on. She leaves a main road driving straight and drive right into their car that's supposed to be merging. Wow. All right, so she She's left She's not even paying attention to the road Left laws. a road and actually went right across the merging lane and hit them. Wow. It's not to say they were trying to cut in front of her or they speed up or whatever. That's how the accident looked like my daughter's car hit her from behind. And she's the one that cut into their lane. Nobody goes into emerging lane. People leave emerging lane to head into a highway. That's what I tell you when I was hearing all these stuff. I didn't want to hear nothing until I get there. All right. Well, I went to court and 
when they were telling me what was going on and what it would be, which she and her attorney never showed up. Wait, the driver and her attorney never showed up, showed up sh- n- once? Never showed up to court. How many times? The first appearance never showed up. Was there a second appearance? Yeah, this month. Okay, so, so the first appearance, they both, not even her attorney? No, never showed up. The judge called. You know, like how they have it, the microphone in the courthouses. Uh-huh. And it was a hard seat to sit to see Rhonda cry for the first time. She felt disrespected. Like you took I my child's life was. and you're not going to come here? I saw Rhonda got old sitting right next to me in that chair. You're not going to get justice for my baby? You're not even... What, what the fuck? All right. And they asked, I remember making my statement, because they asked if I want to say something. I was like, yeah. I said, um, from what I'm reading, and they're not showing up, or whatever it is, a total disrespect. So a lot of things were said, but I remember the one that actually get the judge to look over her glasses, but I said it, and I'll say it again. Some of the laws will turn people into vigilantes. You know, Why because did you say that? I mean, we were good, but I mean, when you don't even, and when they call the attorney, and he's just like, you know, where I was concerned, I was that, 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 that. I mean, it's just like, all right, all the gloves off. What did he say? The attorney? Yes. Um,. He didn't get the uh, he didn't get the uh, information. No, no, he's not, he's not. He's not even a good liar. He didn't get it. He didn't get the notices. The prosecutors, I guess, we did. The judge, if I have it here, well, we were waiting to go to trial. She said, "Wait a minute. You didn't get the notices, but you're waiting to go to trial. Which one is it?" Wow. Wow. I mean, that's when I was like, you know what, Courtney. You know what I mean? I know. When they say to the grand say, you're going too far now. What did the judge ultimately... Oh, they made a trial. There's a trial coming up. Okay. All right. Was and this woman fined or something? Or, like... <laughs> it was... I think she was better off coming to court because she was going to get a fine. What was the fine going to be? I could pay it. What was the fine going to be? I could pay it. What was the fine going to be, Courtney? It's three choices. 12 months uh, driver's license suspension, 160 days uh, community service, or a $1,000 fine. A $1,000? Jamie, I could do that to me my eyes closed. A $1,000? The judge was going to offer her $1,000? That is their laws that they have. Okay. A thousand dollars. All right. Uh huh. Kenny's funeral. <laughs> flowers at her funeral wasn't even a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. How you felt when you heard that? Huh? How did you feel? How do you still feel hearing that? Um. Does that does that clear up my statement? Yeah, it does. Okay. That's some this the laws can make some people All turn right. into And on top of that, now you're not even supposed to show up for that. 
Let me tell you something. So now we're going if to If I forget to feed my dog for a weekend, my neighbors will have me string up and I'll be sitting in some major jail somewhere. Wow. You check and see what a dog will get if you slap a dog or whatever. It's a felony now. Or a cat. It's a felony. Okay. It's a felony to harm an animal. No. But to take the life of someone else, mm. all you can pay is $1,000. I could do that. I'll pay it for her. I'm not saying you're going to bring our child back, but when, when you go these, to me, when you go this far, when you go this far, I by not even, this is a person that sat in their house, probably went to get their nails done like I do, went shopping, popcorn, flipping a remote, you understand me? There's no way Living her life. Living her life, all right? This is a person that, um, there's no way I could have missed it because it was, the accident was that bad, just about every news thing was there, camera, whatever, whatever. You couldn't right. miss it. The reports were going on and on and on and on, okay? And you wait in your house for four days till a policeman come and knock on your door and say, yo, you're the one that did the accident. Huh. All right? You're an innocent child. Probably could have been killed because huh. of what she did. The driver of my daughter car probably could have been killed. Huh. The craziness started on, in, on the internet. I wasn't looking at it. I was told. And when I read some of this stuff, I was like, no. Right. Right. And you and yourself. She could have been killed by bullying or by someone wanting to no, take a revenge. Tem- because they thought she did it. They, they, they thought that. They didn't the, know. She, they, 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 as far as they're concerned, they knew it. And they was going to do. So this woman, like you just said, for the last four or five days, she's hearing this on a news cycle and knows that she's has a very, very major part to play in this, but she didn't go to the cops. Okay, fine. But now, the child is dead, mm-hmm. right? And months have passed, and there's a court date, mm-hmm. and not even showing any bit of remorse. There you go. For an accident that she's now being told, and she knows for a fact that the world knows that you are the cause of this accident. She doesn't even show up, or her attorney mm-hmm. show up to court. And she could have, let's just be honest, she could have if she came remorsefully to court and said, it was an accident. I could, you I could, could do something. Yes. It was, and show remorse and apologize to the parents in court. Then, okay, fine. You know, we could see how something like community service might be presented to someone very remorseful because accidents mm-hmm. happen. Right. But now this doesn't look or feel like an accident. No. Nope. Let them do their justice. <laughs> All right. Don't say anything else. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Uh, um, I want to like know. I tell you, you know, the, the, the part that buzzed me is Ron. You see Ronda crying? That part. So that begs, that, that begs me asking, how, how, how is Ronda and your three girls managing with their new normal, especially since Candy lived with Ronda? And how... How are you coping with your new normal? Well, the analyzer, Courtney, said it the other day. She said to me, she's like, I feel like I lost my both parents. Wow. Okay. Now, she's the one talking. I don't know what Sarah is not saying. I don't know what Shakura is not saying. Rhonda says she's okay. I can't beat up on it. I can't, you know what I'm saying? Because 
I going through what it is. She just finally decided to go back out and to, and keep herself busy. You know. Um, so your lives are changing based on this grief. Yeah, I mean, actually, my phone, my phone could be. It's Courtney three o'clock this morning. Courtney eleven o'clock this morning. You know, Shakora is like, you know, her. She's like the sleeper cell. You know. In this process, have you lost family members? I mean, physically. Like no, have or they? Mentally. Like in this process, because grief or death and marriages either pull families together or push them apart, right? So in this process, have you lost family? No, I just held them at the door. Or you, you help? Okay. All right. I no, just have no, them at the door. No problem. Got it. Um, what words do you have for Candy's killer? I think that ought to be a face-to-face job. I don't know. I, I, I cannot get anything on that person at all. I just, you know, I think the time for that person to say anything to me has been expired. What would you, you know? say to them? Yeah, I mean, you have more than enough time to do some, okay. Oh, send it to your lawyer then. Yeah, you, you want to hire a lawyer, send it to them. Right. Something. Right. What would you ultimately want to be done in terms of justice for Candy? If it's a thousand dollars I paid, let her walk free. Don't even bother that woman's life. Because she don't need to be bothered. What would you ultimately want for the person who took your daughter's life to receive? I was looking for a suspension at least for the years that Kendall been on on this earth. So an 18-year-long suspension of her driver's license. Yeah, something. Something between that or... Never drive again. Yeah, because, I mean... You know what a car is? A car is a 3,000-pound bullet, you know. It's a weapon. It's a 3,000-pound bullet. That's a car in my, in my eye, you know. Right. You know? That's a lot of responsibility when you get behind a wheel. Right. You know? Not just you, but the other people around you. You know? I drove for a living for how many years? I know what it is. I know what it is to pull over and go to sleep. I know what it is to drive to Canada for, car- for carnival. And three people in the car want me to drive. I was like, no, I'm not driving. Take a bus. I had to get some rest. Right. And pull over. The carnival will be there anyway. Right. You know, I know what those things is driving to Boston. Whatever it is. You know. And if you were in a rush, how far did you get? In my head. How are you coping with your new normal? Like, what's different? You can't pick up the phone and text Candy and you can't call her or take a shopping. I get her messages. I go over her messages. You know what I mean? I was asked the other day, when do you think of her? And I was like, when do I not think of her? You know, going through Facebook the other day, I saw this um, friend of mine on on his page, God George, from Foreign Base. I'm aware of going through his page and I saw this person singing uh, Gladys Knight. Um... 
None yeah. of us want to be the first to say goodbye. And that rendition, I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Here we go again. When do I not think of her? What happened you know? when you heard that song? Nah. <sighs> they my lungs started. I was in the living room. Listen to it. And like, it was like an, a hurtful addiction. I would need to hear it again, but I didn't want to hear it because the pain was just in, in there. You know, that special, that rendition, that rendition, the way, I mean, that person, I mean, improvising some of the words, you know what I mean? And it was, it was cool, man. Full disclosure, as one of your friends, I remember one day that um, I'm sharing this, that you sent me a text. Mm -hmm. And you said it's happening, Jay. And, and yeah. I went into I went into <laughs> crisis mode. I stopped everything I was doing. I can't remember what I was doing, but I stopped and I froze. Yeah. I'm like, what's happening? And you're like, it's happening. And I'm like, I've started calling you. You didn't pick up the phone. I went into panic, and I remember calling Saray. I'm like, I don't know where your dad is. You need to yeah. find him. Find yeah. someone to go find him. Yeah, and I'm I'm panicking. I called Rhonda. Um, and I'm very, very, I tell people all the time on this, on this podcast, like if you feel in your spirit, something is wrong, or if someone is telling you something is wrong and you didn't say it was wrong, but I knew it, that was your way of saying something was happening. Mm. And I was like, I went into crisis mode. And then an hour later you text me, you said, I'm okay. And I'm like, you're not okay. <laughs> but apparently you had a meltdown where you, yeah. you, you know, thoughts of Kendall came back and you had to, you started crying. Yeah, it was rough. It still is. You know, that's what I tell you. And I just need to have that space where I could put that moment or those moments Compact that it does not, that it doesn't, you know, bleeding to the other areas. Yeah, it doesn't take your, take out, take take out this whole system, you know. So as we wrap up, what are your final words, and who do you want to send some love out to? And you have the floor right now. Say whatever is on your heart. No, I have no final words. Well, it's not gonna uh, be well not, it's not your final words. You know, scratch that. It's not his final words. It's just the closing of this particular episode. <laughs> Thank you for that correction. <laughs> I never have no closing words. What can I say, boy? Um, these things do one of each, and they both be extreme. People together or people apart. All right, um... A friend of mine gave me a saying on the job. I'll never forget it because they didn't know how to tackle me or how to even. And she says, um, Courtney, you need to, Jesus, I'm trying to get it correct or close to it. Let people know. You could say, you could say to them, I forgive you. I forgive you for not being there and not accepting who you are. Something like that. What did you take from that? Not being there. People are supposed to be there. Hmm. In nature, I should think. And that so you've forgiven there, those people? But accept that they're not there for who they are. Accept them being whatever. All right, what I wanted or what I, what I should I have, what I should I get. That's not who they are. And, and you I, gotta ha accept I have that. to accept that. And that... <laughs> it's like, all right. 
sometimes we really exalt people a lot higher than they are, right? Because you think that these people are going to be there and, and they No, it's, not a, it's something you don't have to think about. Hmm. I mean, unless you have one leg, you understand, one go in front of the other automatically or you're falling down. And even though you have one leg, you have a cane. So if one go front, the next one has been back. Support. All right, okay, that's how, that's how it works. You know what I'm saying? Like a wheel, like a chain, the gears... You know what I'm saying? Courtney's just, always when, coming with the analogies, okay, people? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it is. I mean, and if that is not there and you hit your face, it's like, I'm supposed to accept you not being there. That's who you are. Okay. Yeah, you know, hmm. accept the things that you can change and those that you cannot, you know? Yeah. Uh, and... and I'm grateful that you've allowed me an opportunity to share your very personal story. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to send a love out to your girls? You want baby, send them one. Soraya, Shkora, Courtney, and my seven grandchildren. <laughs> wow. Samara, Danae, Kyla, Kaya. Cardia, Rain, and Mr. <laughs> Zion, that's the last boy. So far. I think I'm gonna put tubes on these girls or whatever the call I think I want to say no more trying until I make one. <laughs> Courtney, listen, Courtney, looking around good for a man in his 50s. Hey, hey, hey. You already just said you celebrate your 51st birthday a couple of years ago. You're in your 50s. Mm, 55, 55 coming up in December. 55 year old. 55. Father of four. Grandfather of seven. Doing his thing. And they all still call me daddy. That would more to me than any other thing else. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Is that something you know? Beautiful. Courtney, thank you so very much. No, thank you, Jamie. Because I will tell you something. If I if I didn't take your advice or lock you off, like I lock a lot of things off, I don't know how this. Because I mean, you know, <laughs> my therapist, one of them, I said, um, she's talking and talking and talking. I said, okay, so what are you gonna do for me? How are you gonna make my life different? And I think she took it personal. Because she's like, she mentioned it. How are you going to help me? Talk about what? What I tell you, talk to who? Who? Courtney needs somebody. I'm like, talk to who? But she did her thing. I mean, I have, well, I, one I dropped off, but I have two. And go get it. Go get that. Go buy a bottle of rum the weekend Thank and you. just go get. Take that butler um, price, you understand, and go talk to somebody. Hey, that's your copay. Yeah. And a matter of fact, the bottle you will pay for in a fet that range anywhere from two hundred to three, yeah. or if you're in a that's New York City club, that's that's a session or two. That's and a and or how two. much is your life really worth? A bottle of liquor or to sit down with someone who could help you plot out the pain and trauma in your life. Courtney K. Williams, Mr. Nothing Personal. Nothing Personal. This was personal, right? Jeez, <laughs> this is all personal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take it personal, okay? <laughs> Thank you so much, my dear. All right, love. Anytime, man. In my head. Whew.
Dear friend, I love you so very much. <laughs> you are a great dad and the epitome of a good man. It hurts to see you hurt, and every day will be a challenge as you accept your new normal. There will be emotional triggers and dates and times, a song, a scent, a memory that will constantly play throughout your days, throughout your life. But please know that you have a support system with me and the Jaybirds. <laughs> uh, I don't understand the depths of your pain, but I vow to be here to help you through those dark and hard times because that's what friends are for. Have you been affected by a fatal automobile accident? Let me know. Share your story and send Courtney and his family some love by using the official hashtag HeadWithJB. That's hashtag HeadWithJB on social media. So what's playing in my head? <laughs> this one is very special to Courtney because I know you heard him talk about it in the interview. And I heard it. I actually posted it on my Facebook page, my Twitter page, my Instagram page. Listen, I have that shit playing all the time on YouTube. It is this amazing cover recently done um, by an amazing woman, I think in Missouri, somewhere in the United States. Uh, she gave a deeply emotional response uh, to Gladys Knight's neither one of us and for that this is what's playing in my head today crystal clear's version of gladys Knight's neither one of us i just keep wondering, wondering what i'm gonna do without you and i guess you must be wondering the same thing Pam, I warned you, I told you, I told you it was going to be a heavy one. Listen, Kleenex, you need to support in my head. Listen, Kleenex, Kleenex, I need some sponsorship money. <laughs> ah, she is smiling like, yeah, Kleenex, throw some dollars, yo. Throw some dollars. Thank you so very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for trusting me. Um, trusting me to be in your ear and, and share share stories right here in our community of people who are dealing with their own life issues and traumas and, and experiences and, and how they are managing and, and coping with, you know, that pain and, and what they're doing to, to help their mental health their mental wellness. And that's what we focus on right here on In My Head. And for that, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of In My Head. <laughs>